0: you may also like a show about the things you may also like things like the story of people today you get to meet brenton donnelly he tours the world working with rock stars and performers at every show he interacts with a lot of people and all those people have stories that need to be told and what better way to do that than break down the story into three sections what do you do? What did you do? And what will you do? Do, did, will. And so how did it all become a show? Brent Donnelly tells his story of do, did, will.
1: The story of people for me is fascinating and it's it really reflect it's really a byproduct of just my own personal journey. My my journey has taken so many turns that I'm just fascinated with how people get to where they get to. I've always been a believer that when you go after your dreams or you go after your goals, often you'll get to that spot and things change. You're like, okay, well, here, now what? Or it's the top of the level that you tried to get to and the bottom of the next. And I kind of get fascinated with people's journey to find these, these places that they want to get to. And so that's where I... I kind of just thought that this would be a better fit for me, podcast-wise, because I talk and, and meet so many people that I, I just want to start diving into everyone's journey in every aspect of everything, and and it's it's just such a fascinating thing. Podcasting world, especially when you listen to the ones where they are big journey discussions. A lot of us are all the same. We all come from you know simple means, or we come from you know a farm and. In Manitoba, or we come from, you know, a small town in Ontario, and we've all went to our first concert or our first this or first that and, and have been inspired to do something based on our experiences in life. And I want to kind of have a common ground in this show that people would listen to and go, well, that's me. That's me. I did that. I did that. I didn't do that. But that's cool that they did that, you know, and just really try to have all of our
0: journeys be the same. Like, we we we're kind of the same. Do you see a pattern between something beginning and something ending for people? I've always thought seven years was kind of cozy. You get a seven year itch and then you move on to quote semisonic. Every new beginning comes from some other beginnings end. It's a great line.
1: Ironically that you're talking about this because I, I was listening to the Jeff O'Neill show this morning and they were talking a little bit about people's jobs and how people some people just stick forever. But usually, by the time they actually settle on a job, they've gone through five or six different things. My dad told me years ago when I was a kid that you know you're going to be retrained like ten times in your life, and I believe that that was so. Back in the day, there was only a handful of jobs that we were told we could do. Right? No one told you you could travel for work, or no one. There wasn't really this this buffet of jobs that that exists now. So I think people are more antsy than ever. And especially coming out of COVID and coming out of these things where we prioritize how we want to spend our time. I think that people are just going, yeah, I'm not spending any more time at this thing than I have to. And it just, it's creating this influx of people changing work on a daily or weekly basis. Cause some of these kids have a hundred grand in the bank just free Twitch from high school. There's no urgency there.
0: I look at someone like Jeff O'Neill, who has been doing that job for well over 25 years. I'm guessing that he's retrained himself over and over again for these different incarnations of the work that he does. And for disclosure, he is on Fox in Vancouver and does the morning show. I don't think
1: it's possible that you regardless of what profession that you pick, that you're not retrained in some capacity. You know, the, thing, the ebbs and flows, everything just moves. Uh, what's the line from Moneyball, adapt or die, right? You just got to keep going and, and adapting to whatever it is. If you work at GM, great. At some point, they're bringing new, some new technology in to make your job easier. AI is coming in now. Everyone's going to have to adapt to that, whether they want to or not. There's all these things that are going to just, you have to keep moving forward on, Farming, there's new technology in farming. The the, the, the oldest profession, one of the oldest professions in the world is farming. Well, there's new technology that's helping them do their job better. So
0: it just never ends. So someone like Jeff, who is doing that job in Vancouver, same place, goes to the same office every day and does the show, you're different because you tour the world.
1: Uh, Yeah. Well, I tour the world. But I did have the office job, and then I, I got antsy and I couldn't do it. But I, I tour the world, yes. I run shows, yes. The premise of them is relatively the same because systems have been put in place around the world that I can go in to show, do a show in Vancouver or do a show in Barcelona, Spain, one of your favorites. And it's it, the idea is is, in essence, the same. It's the same. You still got to bring a truck in. You still got to sell tickets. You still have to market it. Lights go in the air, sound goes in the air, and the band goes on stage and they leave. It's the same in every place. It's no different. It's really my version of General Motors. <laughs> every single time I do a show, you're going to have some things. Some cars are designed a little different. Some concerts will fit differently in different shows. But the premise is there and it's kind of the same. So, yeah, it's very interesting how the, the jobs are different but similar.
0: The show is called Do, Did, Well sounds like a three-step process people that do people that did and people that will
1: and they they can go in any order you would i guess start with the people that will which would be your young kids looking at a dream and then the people that do who are currently doing it and then the people that did something in the past that might move on so i i kind of just i liked how it flowed do did will better than will did do or whatever i just like the the way that 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 happen, but people generally fit into one or all three of those categories. And it's funny because it can take these different incarnations because people that are doing might not be doing that forever and they might want to, will, <laughs> they will do something different in the future or people that will do something that get, you know, it's kind of a connection. It kind of gets them to the do or they did something and now they want to do something different. So all three of them just kind of intertwine and and I'm finding as I'm talking to these guests that, that we bounce between the categories based on their journey and they lead it there. They're like, okay, I want to go back to will for a second. So I will, you know, or they go the other way and say, well, I did do this, but I really want to do that. And it's just, it's been a lot of fun to kind of watch the guest take it where they want to take it. You know,
0: why did you want to do a podcast? You could have easily done a blog. You could have easily written books with chapters in it. Lazy, but podcasting's hard.
1: Podcasting is extremely hard but it's more natural for me to talk to people than it is to sit down and do 3000 words. I I mean I'll write a bit for Crier and do the occasional thing which is which is fine. I quite enjoy writing but I I found that the best way for me to be the most productive I'm surrounded by people, bring a microphone and talk to them and that that is like an easier scenario for me. To still scratch that itch of creativity, but also feel like I'm being productive versus if I was put into like, well, I'm not really a writer. Like, you know, I've had to send my stuff. I send my stuff to Abby or some of my other friends in, in journalism and go, did I, did I write that properly or did I, did I do that? And they'll come back with notes. Uh, so podcasting just seemed like the most
0: natural fit for me. When you look at sobriety. And you mentioned this on an earlier episode of the former incarnation of the podcast, which is Brenton on tour. You mentioned that you work going to, you're sober. So tell me about the do did will of that. Interesting. Okay.
1: So I did drink a lot (laughs) and I wanted to do my job better or do my job to the best of my ability. So that will allow me to do that. If I, did that the best I could, but it wasn't even drinking a lot from the standpoint of um, putting myself into any kind of category. I I just was in, I, I was in it. It's it's a couple of drinks a night after the show. Uh, oh, you got a couple of days coming up uh, off. Let's and and I'm in Ireland. It's like and my friends at Jameson and have invited me and all the band and, and team out. It's like, you know, there's a good chance that's going to be a four hour, five hour day, and it's going to go where it's going to go. Mostly though, the life. Of this world doesn't lend itself to being unproductive. When you're younger, you're obviously have you know the you're whatever. You'll just party all day with your friends, and you'll get up and you'll figure it out, and you'll you'll do. But in this thing, if I if I miss the lobby call to take me to the show, or if I miss what we we call chalk, which is being at the venue at 6 a.m. to make sure that the rigging is being marked properly, so we can properly hang the show i'm not a rigger i'm not a production manager but i do i am there in that process of like hey brent we actually have discovered that this is happening it has to chalk a little different or it has to be hung just a little bit differently which is going to open up these sides or it's going to close these sides and we're going to have to relocate these people that happens at six in the morning and seven in the morning So as the responsibility level for this job was coming and the bigger tours were happening and I'm I'm doing, you know, stadiums and I'm doing all these things, those mistakes can cost thousands of dollars. And you really only get a chance to make that mistake once, (laughs) you know, because then there's a lot of there's a lot more people involved in the back end of that that go, why did we leave? $10,000 in tickets on the table. Well, when we were hanging the show, Brent wasn't there and we couldn't make a decision. So we just went ahead and did it. And that section's empty now. Like, it's just, I don't want to go that extreme, but it can be that, that simple. And I just found myself saying, you know, as this level is coming, this is the only job I've ever wanted to do my whole life. I just need to see if I can do this job without having some drinks afterwards to mellow out. And, you know, it's, it's four and a half years now, so it's, uh, it's working. So
0: I just learned that when concert promoters call a radio station to say that they have another thousand tickets available, <laughs> that's the reason why, because it was chalked well. The listeners used to think it was all made up.
1: I mean, I'll give you a little bit of the world. I mean, I always encourage people, you know, always check on show day because you just, you know, artists, especially in like Lincoln, Nebraska, in New York and LA and Toronto and, and Miami, you know, there's a really good chance that they, the artist, an established artist, has a hundred friends in town. So they're not going to relinquish their tickets. Do they have a hundred friends in Kansas City, Missouri, or Lincoln, Nebraska? Five finger death punch might, but not not a Latin artist or a pop art you know, pop artist. They may not have a hundred friends in Lincoln, Nebraska. So there's a really good chance that the artist is gonna open up you know 25 to 30 of their seats and give them back for on sale or you're going to have production stuff that opens up in the morning where it's like well actually we've discovered that we can actually open up a handful of seats that's just day to day stuff and that's just me giving you as the buyer advice and just saying hey on show day try to snag some tickets cuz generally on show day you're going to get an opportunity to buy some
0: You may also
1: like Supports Podcasting 2.0, so feel free to send us a boost if you are listening on a newer podcast app. If you don't have one, you can see a full list of them at newpodcastapps.com.
0: When you're out on the road, is that the best recruiting for the people who are going to come on your show? They'll share a story with you, and then you'll think, wow, that story resonated with me. I'm going to bring them on the show how it
1: kind of worked with me. Do Did Will's taken taking a different thing than Brenton on Tour because Brenton on Tour was a little bit more music and travel and coffee-based, you know, like searching for coffee, but also talking to musicians that I meet, uh, trying not to cross that line and be respectful and, and not use my position to corner artists and say, hey, I got a show. I rarely did that. It was really through friends and a few things where people were reaching out. On Do Did Will, I'm actually going another way. I've created a guest deck. I've created info about the show, kind of more traditional marketing. And I've I've done cold emails for people. And, and I would say of the 15 guests that I've had, I would say five of them, I have no idea who they are and had just randomly reached out to see if they'd be interested in coming on. And they did. And that's because uh, I just think that the show offers a bit of a different approach for me. And it actually takes some of the pressure off of trying to remain in that music box I do meet a shit ton of people on tour, but it it's more profession based. I know what the people do in my profession for the most part. So I'm not that I don't want to talk to them anymore, but I want to more. I want to learn about the person that has this art gallery in France that moved there from Oklahoma and it also has a, you know, a coffee shop and it's like, used for you know some big thing that's happening in Paris. like That's also some of the people that I kind of meet or restaurateurs or people. And I'm like, well, let's talk about you. Let's talk about that journey because I want to take people and put them outside of their box. It's great. Live where you want to live. Work at General Motors. Do whatever you need to do to provide for your family and all the rest of it. But maybe listening to the show, you'll be like, I never thought I could even do something like that. You know, that person from Oklahoma is the thriving pizza shop in the middle of Paris. How the hell did that happen? You know, that's kind of the approach I'm taking to guests now.
0: The uh, death of Taylor Hawkins. And I know you had a relationship at some point with the Foo Fighters. Maybe you toured with them. Maybe you tore down. Maybe you did some time with them. And then he passes. Tell me a little bit about that when you hear that news somebody in passing that you've worked with who's who's gone on
1: i touched on this on an episode about him specifically i think it was on brenton on tour actually i don't think i had gone to do Bill yet but when something like that happens people make it about themselves so i'm very conscious of like you know you get the pictures like oh this is me and this person 32 years ago and you haven't talked to them since but now it makes it about you so for me i had to be very careful about telling that story but I did have a moment with him specifically in uh, Germany uh, in a hotel lobby, and we bonded over the rock band Heart. I was wearing a Heart shirt. He named me Heart Shirt Guy, invited me out to the Vancouver show, and to make sure I mentioned that Heart Shirt Guy was there because it was easier to remember than my name. I get a little bit of an in because I'm in the concert world and we can talk a little bit about that and we have some things in common. We had a couple mutual friends. So, There was just a moment that I had where he put me in a box for 45 minutes. Removing that from the equation, anything like that is tragic regardless. You know, any early passing in a situation like that. And first and foremost, it was just like, what? And then it really just hits you that our generation as a music fan have lost. I don't want to say Lennon or I don't want to say... You know anybody in that that kind of realm? Because I don't like comparing people, but our generation of, of of music fans and rock stars are limited. So to lose a massive rock star like that is just a hit to us as music fans first and foremost. And it was just tragic. I found myself in Columbia a couple of weeks ago, and actually was at the hotel where he passed, unbeknownst to me because I kind of had put it out of my brain. But I was getting coffee. Around the corner at one of my favorite coffee shops, and realized that I was in the lobby of, of the hotel where he passed, and that was a little heavy because you know that that's kind of where everyone was waiting for him to come down to go to the gig. so it was tough man it was th- he was one of my favorite drummers. I think he's a super talented dude, so it, it was just a tragic scenario and I think the tribute shows proved how loved he was and you know try to name me another artist that could pass a drummer <laughs> of all things that could pass that could unite the world
0: like that is very tough you travel to a lot of places so and you mentioned recently just to me on Twitter that you like Lisbon why do you like Lisbon oh my
1: god the people there are just incredible well number one it's one of the most beautiful cities in the world I saw your post about them not allowing cars drive in You know through the main part which is great because it's such such a historic part the people are incredible i don't think people have it on their list because they don't they think i got to go to paris i've got to go to spain even i've got to go to rome and new york but people don't think about portugal per se your average person from like the middle of saskatchewan is probably not thinking about Portugal. They're probably thinking about Paris and they're probably thinking about some of these other things. So when I actually got to Lisbon for the first time, I was like, Oh my God, this place is incredible. And the people are amazing. And it's just an hour away from Nazare, which is like where the biggest waves in the world are. And, and I just, I'm like, it's such an incredible part of the world. And people are so nice there. I went to this little cafe. I was doing laundry around the corner and I went to this little cafe and I'm sitting at the, it's like a 50 style diner ish, but it was this incredible food. And this gentleman's sitting beside me, and he's like, Oh, what are you in town for full Portuguese? And I told him and I said, I was doing my laundry and he's like, Oh, you should have, you should have brought your laundry here. My wife would have done it for you in the back. And then they brought me out all this food and welcomed me. And it was just, it's just such a, you know, I, I'm sure there's places like that all over the world, but for me, Lisbon, for me, is just one of the most beautiful places with the most beautiful people. They're just incredible. Love it. Love it. Love it. Do Did Will is not the
0: only podcast you have. You have another one.
1: I co-host one called The Live from Machete Comics with my good pal Chris Machete. It was called Kids on the Escalator before, but Chris is getting extremely busy with art commissions and comic book world. And, you know, he's got his own comic book called Skeletron out that's that's sold out already, which has been amazing. He's on the second print now. So I was just kind of in my brain. We were kind of talking about it. And it's like it's just the time to brand it out more machete based because I'm going to be traveling a lot. I can't always be available, but he can flip the switch and go live anytime he wants, and it's still helping his brand. And so I, I, I get a chance to, to co-host with him when I'm home and when I'm around, and we we talk about a lot of things. We cover pop culture and comics and movies and film. It's 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 a blast, but it's a really good tool for him and a, a really good uh, launching pad for commissions and stuff because he's he's full time as a comic book artist. And it's been awesome. It's a lot of fun.
0: Continued success with do did will. We love the story of people and. Well, we have you on your person, and we're doing kind of the same thing here. So we like your show. I mean, it's been a, a, a journey because I I wasn't sure how
1: I was going to structure the show or how I was going to flow through it. Because the premise of Do, Did Will lived in Brenton on tour. I still kind of asked the same questions, and I still asked a lot of the same things to get the same kind of answers. But but it's definitely allowed me to branch out, and and those I just had some amazing people on the show that have had, you know, that timely, like Jody Vance a couple weeks ago, that was incredible. And she, you know, she's changing, you know, she's going to really be on the ground floor of changing online hate in Canada and hopefully abroad. And, and just the, the timing of her winning that lawsuit and getting contacted by the attorney general to come in and sit down and help change the laws that happened on the same day that that we did the show where she actually broke the news on the show. <laughs> and it was just, that story wouldn't have existed on Brenton on tour. It just, it, it allowed me to kind of branch out and have these stories, uh, getting the chance to talk to army Chris and talk about Afghanistan and being over there. Like I, I wouldn't have those chats. And uh, I love, you know, listening to your show and, and you've focused on the world of media and radio. And it's great because you can dive in and I've learned a shit ton from listening to your shows. And then I listened to Dean and his topical thing and, and just watching everybody carve out their way. And even though I thought Brenton on tour was focused for where I was at, I realized even now through Do Did Will that it, uh, that this is where it needed to go for me. So I appreciate the support. So thank you for that. It's great. It's a lot of fun. Thanks a lot for being on the show. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. And uh, I, I love your love for Spain. I love it as well. It's, it's great. You, you seem to be there a lot. So it's great.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, Portugal, I got to try that next. My thanks to Brenton for joining me on the show. Do Did Will, the story of People Podcast, can be heard on all the usual podcast apps. If you'd like to partner with Brenton, reach out to him. I've left the links in the show notes. This episode was produced by Evan Serminski and Aidan Glassy and built for your ears by everyone at the Sound Off Media Company.